Lord, I just thank you so much for Andre. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you've been faithful in her life and have brought her this far, and you, have, you are going to continue the work inside of her. Lord, I just thank you so much that she can look back at what you have done and, and continue to say you are faithful. And even though the trials and the circumstances that she has faced, Lord, that you continue to grow her and change her to be the woman of God that you're calling her to be. And Lord, I just pray that as we get to listen to what you have, have brought her through, Lord, that you would challenge our own hearts and what we are going through and what we have gone through in our lives. Lord, that we would focus on you and be uplifted to see what you're doing in our life and not just sit there and complain, why do I have to go through this? But Lord, we can look at your faithfulness and say, okay, Lord, what do you want to teach me through this? How can I grow and change to be the vessel of God that you are calling me to be? So Lord, I just pray that you would give her the courage and strength, give her boldness, give her clear word and thought. And Lord, I just pray that through this testimony, Lord, that you would be glorified, honored, and praised. So Lord, I just pray that you be with her right now and um, get her through this time and continue to show your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, so here it goes. Um, uh, my name is Andre, or Andre, whatever you prefer. It's tomato, tomato, and most of you guys don't really know anything about me, so here's my testimony. So this is a picture of my family around 2002, and I was seven years old, and I graduated some grade I don't really remember, so don't even <laughs> ask me. And so uh, this is my my background, I was born and raised in Cagayan de Oro City in the Philippines. And um, at this point, I did not know what I believed in because uh, half of my, my dad's side of uh, the family are mostly Catholic and my mom's side was Christian and she didn't really give me a name for it, for what denomination I was in. I didn't know whether I was Catholic or Pentecostal or anything. and. Um, I grew up in a Catholic church, and I wasn't allowed to, well, my mom told me that I wasn't allowed to participate in, like, the masses, but then my dad told me and his relatives told me, so I was really confused back then. And uh, I have a younger sister named Alina. We are five years apart, and uh, when I was younger, I was very close to my father growing up. We did a lot of adventures together. We uh, Every year we would go river rafting or golfing. And um, at this time, my dad was a huge fanatic of golf. And he taught me how to swing. And we went every weekend early in the morning. And it wasn't fun. And I'm not a morning person <laughs> at all. But I, I still did it just because to spend time with him. And the only reason I came, <laughs> came was uh, they had a really big golf course. And uh, that was the only way I could drive the golf cart. <laughs> so yeah, I went crazy. I was really a bad driver if you think about it though. And uh, needless to say, <laughs> I was a happy kid. So uh, here's one of my childhood pictures. As you could see, I was very happy. See? 
are very happy. Um, so this is my so this is my sister Alina. Some of you guys may have seen her here before, and she goes to Davidson. So this is my dad. See, we're super close, as you can see here. <laughs> so um, my dad is um, in the Philippines. My dad is a doctor, and a lot of people knew of him. And it was crazy because people would even stop traffic just to say hi to him. And they would be um, saying, hi, doc. Oh, and then like, I'm looking at them like, you're causing traffic. This is so bad. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so it's like, OK. Um, and he owns part of a hospital. And uh, in the Philippines, uh, your social status is very important. And so, after, uh, so because of this, a lot of people knew my family. So here's another picture of my dad, this time, with my sister and I. So around age or nine, um, my parents fought a lot. So they slept separately at his parents' house. And I um, remembered um, my aunts and my uncles and my grandfather um, really hated my mom. and. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, my dad's room was in the basement and there's a wall between so you couldn't see if I was going upstairs or you couldn't see anyone going upstairs and I remember um, after playing uh, a game for s and uh, I remember going upstairs and I ended up eavesdropping on my, on, uh, in the adult conversation where my aunt my uncle and my grandfather and my dad were sitting around a table talking badly about my mom and wanted her to be taken away from my um, from my sister and I and um, <laughs> um, my mom and they were talking about publicly <laughs> humiliating her in front of the people she knew. <laughs> and there was a lot of pain, and torment, and a lot of lies. And my, my mom suffered a lot. And I my dad didn't say anything, so I watched him. He didn't say anything, but I watched him turn his back on us, especially my mom. He turned a blind eye. He didn't even defend her in any way. And the people I trusted the most, and I hung out with these people. I hung out with my family a lot. So I thought I could trust them, but then they ended up betraying me, especially my, my family. And I watched even strangers become really two-faced. It's like an evil witch disguised as a pretty lady with an apple that poisons you in the end. So at this point, I felt like uh, I was a fishbowl. And we were the spectacle to everyone in town. And we were constantly judged. So I witnessed a lot of physical and verbal fights between my parents. It was gruesome, and I had, and I just, I was there to watch 
I hated watching it. And I was always being put in the middle. And I remember a time where my mom asked me, well, constantly asked me, who, um, in a burning situation or you sink in a ship or you're drowning where me and your dad are drowning, who would you save first? And um, I couldn't say both. I had to only choose one. And um, every after everything I saw, I realized that life was not lemon drops and gumballs and rainbows. And uh, so after this, my mom couldn't take a couldn't take the unfair treatment that she was taking anymore. So she decided to move with my grandparents. Um, my grandparents live in uh, New Jersey, and at this point, I thought that we were just visiting her because every year, every summer, we would visit her in the States. But then um, I realized that we weren't going back to the Philippines, and I was just shocked. It's like a deer caught in headlights. I didn't know what to feel. So um, I became really close to my mom, and she became my best friend, and she still is. Um, so I lived with my grandparents. So this is my grandparents. This is Mabiyu and Papiyu. So my parents still continued to fight. And just because we moved across the world, the problems were still there. And my dad promised me to visit me every year. But he only visited me three times here in America. But the most impactful visit was during his first visit. My mom wanted to give their marriage another shot. Even though my parents fought a lot, my mom still loved my dad. And I remember a time where I was coming home from school and I was so happy because my dad is back and that would mean that we would all spend together as a family. And um, they picked me up, but my mom was hiding her eyes and she, was, she looked like she was crying and she told me my dad didn't want to stay. Well, at first he said he would, but then I guess he backed out. So my mom gave up the idea of being together. So this is finally, they finalized and officially ended their marriage. So at this point, my grandma helped my mom finan uh, financially, emotionally, and provided a home for us. And um, my mom worked a lot to provide for us during the week. So she wasn't home a lot. But she tried to be home at night so she could sleep with us. And she tried her best just to go home even if it's late. So my grandparents took care of us. So here's the picture of my mom with my grandma and Alina. So my grandparents decided to move to Georgia because uh, they couldn't handle the cold weather. And my aunt convinced them to move, and they decided to give their house to my aunt because she was married. And um, we moved, and my mom tried to find jobs here so she can be with us, but she, so, but she chose to stay in New Jersey and New York because um, 
the payment there was better there there than in Georgia and it was the uh, she needed it to provide for me Alina and uh, and my grandparents so at this point um, I barely talked to my dad so we became strange <laughs> we became strangers I mean we talked a few times but he became my porch friend and uh, since my mom wasn't around and neither was my dad this is when I became more independent and I didn't rely on on my parents or grandparents a lot I didn't want to bother anybody so I just whatever need whatever it was needed if my grandparents were needed I took care of everything um, so there was still a lot of tension and stress with my family and that that were still unsolved and so uh, uh, my grandma and I fought a lot and my grandpa my grandma is a very nice person but she has the best interest for both me and my sister but sometimes she can say the wrong words and um, I guess because we were all stressed out and frustrated, she made it, it made it seem like it was my fault whenever my parents did anything wrong. And she would ask me um, whenever we were yelling or fighting, she said, um, why don't you go move back with your dad or go back with your mom? Go back there and move there. And she knows I couldn't go anywhere. At this time, um, I was in middle school, so my bus would take me home really late, and I was so happy not going home because I didn't want to deal with any um, any tension or any. I didn't want to be yelled at anymore. So, so at this point, I felt like a burden. I felt like no one wanted us, my parents or my grandparents, and I blamed myself a lot for everything. I took all the blame and I became more cynical against myself, and I questioned God, why, why me? And I asked him, um, why can't you stop this? So I distanced myself from God because I always saw him as as um, a disappointed parent that will never love me back. So I never opened up to people or never show how I felt. And at this point, I was still like a fob, still learning new culture and a lot. And I remember just agreeing to whatever people say because I didn't want to embarrass myself not knowing. And I hated being vulnerable. I started to become having a lot of trust issues and insecurities, and I hated myself. I mean, uh, during this, I mean, I made a lot of friends, but they were mostly porch and office friends. So I opened, uh, I opened up to a couple of close friends, who I thought I could trust but they just used my vulnerability against me. So I had this idea that everyone was going to be like this, and then destroyed, they destroyed my trust. 
I pushed people away and felt so alone. And I was really lonely at this time. And some and I destroyed my um, living room and my kitchen. So no one would enter at all. So fast forward. So this is um, my life before AKMC. Um, my grandparents met a bunch of Filipinos and found New Hope and the Filipino Bible study. And this, there was this one crazy Filipino mom that forced me and a couple of teenagers to serve the church. And I ended up really liking it a lot. So I served there and got involved. Um, I love serving so much that I worked at the children's church and the youth service for seven years. And uh, I remember I took care of anything that anyone didn't want to do, or if anyone was missing, I took care of it. And I remember this big event that the children's church had that involved a horse, and I ended up having to clean it, <laughs> to clean its poop. And it smelled so bad, but I had to do it because no one else wanted to. So I had, it was a lot of poop. That's <laughs> why so I had to hold my breath so bad. So thinking about it now, I was basically Andy Bay from New Hope. <laughs> um, so I served there for seven years. And even though I volunteered a lot, I didn't make any living room friends because I subconsciously destroyed it. So even though I didn't make any living room friends or kitchen friends, New Hope opened a lot of doors in my uh, relationship with God. And there was, uh, uh, I remember there was a retreat called The Encounter and the Filipino Bible study, uh, the family wanted all the teenagers to go and they, so they forced us to go whether we liked it or not. And uh, I don't really remember anything about it, but I remember a sermon about forgiveness. And weirdly enough, I forgave my relatives for what they've done. And, did, and I didn't hold any grudges. So fast forward again, around of the end of high school, and I was really depressed and stressed out about my future and my parents and my close friends. And uh, this, this time is when Sean popped up with her persistent friendship. <laughs> we knew each other for six years through Filipino Bible study. We were just office friends. We didn't care for each other. And when I first met her, she was really mean to me on purpose, <laughs> just so she could get a reaction out of me. And I didn't give it to her, and I kind of just like ignored her because I knew. But then out of nowhere, um, at this time when I was uh, really depressed, she kept texting me and calling me coincidentally, and uh, she insisted to hang out with me and threatened me that if she, <laughs> that if I didn't hang out with her, that she would just show up in my doorstep, keep uh, and bother me until I said yes. So I finally said yes because I wanted her to stop, <laughs> and she tried really, really hard to get to know me on a deeper level. And through her hard work, we became really good, good friends. And I guess this was the start of rebuilding my living room and my kitchen because I started opening up to three other girls who also had, had really hard, that they had to try really hard 
also. <laughs> um, so this one is a picture of me and Sean. Um, this, um, the one in the bottom with the date uh, like on the in red, um, this was taken in 2009. And we, a lot, we had a lot of old pictures together like this. She used to be so touchy. I wasn't the one who came close to me. Yeah. And I guess, see, do you not see that? <laughs> so I guess this was a foreshadowing of our friendship now without the touching, though. She became less. Um, so these, <laughs> these are the three girls I was talking about. They also impact my life, and I'm thankful for each of them. And I'm very blessed to have these people in my life, including Sean. So fast forward again to when I started going to AKMC, and Sean introduced me to you guys. And uh, I wanted to get <laughs> involved, but I wasn't sure if I should because I was still involved with New Hope. And this is also where Sean prayed for, uh, prayed for me uh, to make the right choice. And, but I knew she wanted me to stay at AKMC. And uh, at this point, uh, I prayed also. And God told me that I should stay because I was being pushed to grow. And so Sean was so happy that I finally chose. Uh, I used to serve the church because of New Hope, so I was contemplating on asking Howard if I could join staff, but I never had the courage to ask until I heard Christy's testimony. And I didn't think I was qualified to join because of my past and my faults. But Christy encouraged me to that, to uh, me that those things don't matter, so I joined staff. Well, Sean pressed the send button. <laughs> so um, fast forward again to, uh, so summer came. Uh, so I went to New Jersey, uh, I, every summer I, I would go to New York and New Jersey, New Jersey to uh, visit my mom and my relatives there and to take care of my cousin. Uh, but this trip was different because this was the time I finally uh, visited my dad. So these are some pictures that uh, in the Philippines, some of uh, my relatives and such. So uh, meeting my dad for the first time in nine years before the trip, um, before this trip, I was so stressed out because I was meeting my dad for the first time in a long time. And I didn't want anything bad to happen. And I didn't want anything to surface up again. So I had to pray a lot. I even asked Sean to pray because I was so stressed out. And I ended up having second thoughts of not going because of fear. And the beginning of this trip didn't go as I planned. And there were a lot of miscommunications. And we ended up staying at the airport hungry, tired, and jet lag. And my mom and I were really stressed out. And after a couple of days, when the stress died down a little, my, um, so my dad took me aside to talk about my future. And before starting college, he wanted me to go to his uni uh, university back in the Philippines. And he gave me an ultimatum. If I didn't go to the school, he wouldn't help me. 
with my education or anything. So when he took me aside to talk, I expected the worst. But then he apologized to me instead and assured me that he didn't, uh, he didn't love me any less and that he realized that he was wrong and that he would support me with no matter what I chose to do in the future. So he asked me if I hated him, but I didn't. So um, his apology reminded me of when my mom apologized to me about leaving us and how much she wished that she could stay, but she couldn't. Um, but these apologies just made me feel <laughs> guilty instead of relief. And um, I felt guilty because I was taking the blame again. And, uh, and I thought that hurting, I was hurting my parents and especially my dad. And I didn't have a good relationship with him anymore. So we didn't talk as much, a lot. So I thought that I left him behind and, and chose my mom. So back to um, the US, I was just in time to go to uh, that college camping trip uh, 2015 and I literally just came straight out of the plane to go to camping. <laughs> I, it was so early in the morning and um, I only had two hours of sleep in Shana's car. It was so long, so I was kind of thankful for that. And uh, during this trip, Howard had um, a sermon about claiming your name. At this point, I still didn't know what my calling was or, and I was getting a little frustrated. And um, my relatives and my family wanted me to pick already because uh, they were mad that I didn't pick anything and being the typical, you know, Asian parents, they, either, they wanted me to go to a medical field and I really didn't know if I wanted to or not. So um, I tried to please them so they would stop talking. So after this realization, I needed to talk to Howard and while talking to him, he helped me realize that I took a lot of the blame and responsibility that I didn't need. And I became a parent instead of being uh, uh, a child and enjoying life. And I realized that I forgave my parents only to the extent because I didn't want to accept the fact that they didn't, they didn't do anything wrong or bad or destructive that needed impact in my life. He also made me realize that my story was irrelevant, wasn't irrelevant, and that it matters and that it happened. So Howard told me that I should make a list of things that my parents did that made me feel abandoned or at fault. And um, this, this is not to show any blame to them, but to show ownership for what they did. And, they just did. My, my, my parents are good people, but I mean, we all have our faults. So I had to accept the fact what they did. So this week I had to start it. And um, it's not to blame them for what they've done, but it's for me to accept the fact that what they did was wrong. And this, this list, I suppose, helped me feel more free. As I crossed off each, each bullet, 
I can ask God to help me forgive them in, re in releasing pent-up guilt or hurt because I never, I never truly forgave them and I ended up hurting myself a lot throughout the years. And I also learned how to forgive myself. So you're asking what about now? Good question. So I still don't know what I'm doing or where I'm going, but it's okay because I'm in the waiting room growing. So this is what college group <laughs> last week. So um, my relationship is better with my grandparents and um, I'm in a process of having a better relationship with my dad. And uh, I realized who my real kitchen friends were and that God has a plan for me that these events in my life wasn't, um, my life has built character and will be used for the better. God will use this as a stronghold instead of a weakness. And throughout, throughout my life, God never left my side. Even my doubt, and I always kept running back to him, even though the little things and the big things he always provided. And he is always faithful despite my flaws. And he always, he always had open arms ready for me to, to meet us whenever I am. So the takeaway from this is don't hold any grudges because in the end it will just make you better and make you destructive and um, you should and do not push your feelings away just tackle them and I'm still in the learning process <laughs> I'm still learning how to do this and vulnerability isn't a sign of weakness instead it's a sign of strength and um, learn how to forgive even though it's really painful and uh, trust God regardless of not knowing what to do and what is going to happen. So this is a verse, I guess my life verse, and um, I consider that the present suffering are not worth comparing with in the glory that will be revealed in us. And uh, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength and character and strengths are confident in hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So this is the end. <laughs> Um, I don't know about you, but for me, uh, it's always good to know like people have problems like I do. And I don't know for you guys, but um, maybe you guys feel like in here, everyone seems like they got it all together. Everyone dresses really nice, right? And uh, they have their little outfits and take selfies. But like inside, maybe they're like melting and they feel like nobody understands what it feels like to be me. But the fact of the matter is like, I think, I think we do. Like if you look at our staff, the trend that you hear in these testimonies is that we're all like broken, messed up people, you know? And so for you guys, if you feel that way, uh, be encouraged. Um, what I love about Sean's testimony and all of the testimonies that are the testimony. <laughs> Andre's testimony. 
What I love about Andrew's testimony is that it reminds us, like, uh, a couple things. Number one, God is faithful and it's a process, right? So it's not over in a day. You, life is, I mean, how many of you guys have ever dealt with hurt? You've been disappointed, been, been rejected. You know, you, you know what it feels like, right? All of us in here have dealt with hurt. And it doesn't go away overnight. I wish it did. I wish I could pray, Jesus, please, and then it's gone. But it doesn't. It takes a process, but God is, is uh, uh, over the whole thing. You see that in Andrea's life. You can see her whole life from nine until, until now, like how God has been orchestrating all these other things. The second thing is that it takes people. Like there are people, like I don't know about you guys, but sometimes you guys don't feel like you make a difference in other people's lives, right? That you're important to other people's lives. Like even Heon's testimony, Christy's testimony, other, you know, there are people in here, uh, Shinez's testimony, she kept giving shout outs to Sharon and, you know, uh, no, Sharon gave out shout outs to Shinez, right? <laughs> it's all the same, guys. <laughs> we, like, we're, we, um, you matter to, to other people. So I, I love that uh, it, it takes people. And, and then the other thing is that our community as a group, like as a church, like maybe you just come here and maybe you don't know anybody yet. Um, but that's going to change as time goes on where you start to be intentional about investing. And for those of you guys that have never heard, uh, the illustration she kept talking about was the living room and kitchen. Um, we have this uh, emotional house that we, you know, like a house of emotion, where a lot of your relationships are just like the front porch is just people you know. You know, like people, strangers can come on your front porch, knock on your door, right? You don't really know them, you're not really friends. Or then you have the office, which you scratch my back, I scratch yours. If you do something for me, I'll do something for you. That's maybe that type of relationship. Or living room where you're really comfortable, you grew up together, right? <coughs> um, where you're, you're close, but you know, you're not that close. But then the kitchen is like the ultimate, where like if somebody it comes into your house and starts cooking in your kitchen, opening your refrigerator, pulling stuff out, and start cooking with you, then they're like your closest friends. And that's the illustration too. She destroyed her living room and her kitchen so that she wouldn't let anybody in deeper. Get it? Um, so if you are just at the beginning stage where you just started coming to our church and you don't really know anybody, it takes time. Go on retreats, go on apple picking trips, go on, you know, keep coming to the services and, and meet people, hang out, do games, whatever, and you'll start to develop more and more relationships. And then this place, this community can be life-changing too. You see what I'm saying? So um, I just want to thank Andre for, for sharing that. I, I don't know about you guys, but like it takes a lot of courage to to say these things, right? To talk about your life. So everyone give a round of applause. Sean's going to come up and pray for her and then pray for the offering. Okay, let's pray. 
Well, thank you for Andrew's testimony and for her vulnerability. Um, thank you for her friendship too. I don't know what I would do without her. Um, why am I crying? I'm not I hope that her testimony touches these kids, some of them, maybe they've gone through this, or their parents have gone through divorce too. I know that really a lot of hurt. Um, but I pray that they see something in their room and talk to her um, and find comfort that you're not alone. Um, I also pray for the offering and um, remind us that it's not Thank you for today. Small group questions. Share about a time when you told someone your story. Uh, we want to be encouraged. We want to encourage you to be a, a community that shares your testimony, that shares your story with people, because that's what really impacts. Not how you spend your weekends or what you guys talk about video games or, or sports or marching band, whatever. But really share your story so that people really know. Uh, number two, what about Andrew's testimony really connected with you 